relax. Those beats mean you're now listening to the very real people in places that supply your high. This is Grown Local with Billy Wayne Davis and Mike McGowan. Oh, it's season two. We just get into it. I think I'm all about that. I think that that's that's what we're doing. I think we because it's also the interviews are packed. This one is packed. This is another one where our I'm just I'm just jumping out. I mean, hey, what's up, everybody? This is Billy Wayne. Hey um, guys. <laughs> like I'm just like kind of pumped. I mean, the season's fun. Do you know what I mean? No, the, this entire season is packed to the gills with. Oil, black market cannabis, fucking fire department politics. It's got everything. So, yeah, helicopters. helicopters. It's crazy. There's and fourth dimension. Like, it's like just chock full of fourth Well, dimension. we already talked about the fourth dimension. I'm, I'm still living it. in it, though. I, I don't care. I, we I'm know. Never... We appreciate you dipping back in every now and then to do the pod. <laughs> I'll come um, see you. Third dimension for a second. It's nice. It's thoughtful. I appreciate it. It probably keeps you balanced. It's probably good for you, too. I, uh, I'm i worried about them, the wildfires, but I think they're fine. Our, the, uh, everyone we've met. But, I mean, it is, without a doubt, fucking up some grows. Oh, yeah. I mean, like, I, I don't... I don't know if this is fully knowledge out there and how nerdy I can get, but when there is tons of smoke in the atmosphere, it actually blocks out the red part of the light spectrum, which is important for THC production and for the plants actually finishing, so it can create havoc on outdoor weed. Oh, that is very understandable and devastating. So you know what? Uh, you know what this smoke also does? I can tell you. It, it stops your cell phone reception. I learned that. I learned that the hard way when I was driving into a fire coming back from Humboldt, actually, year, like three or four years ago. Around It was around October, but there were fires in uh, Santa Rosa, just north of San Francisco. Santa yeah. Rosa. And I was like, oh, they shut down the main highways. I was like, I got this. And I looked at my phone. My phone was like, nah, man, we're done. <laughs> Nothing getting through this shit right here. My well, my wife was like, "What'd you do?" I was like, "I drove west <laughs> until I saw the water, and then I drove south. That's all I could figure out to do." It's pretty cool navigation. That's the way that I think we've been doing it for a while. <laughs> yeah, like when we were in Humboldt, we were driving back. Slee and I, he was like, "Man, you get lost out of here." I was like, "Nah, it wouldn't be that bad. You just..." Go down the mountain to the river and then just follow the river to you see some shit. Yeah. It's pretty, pretty close. Easy. It's pretty close. Yeah. Then you just oh, go yeah, up or down. That's it. Yeah. I think that's it. I think we've, I mean, here's the, I made it simpler than it is because there's also obstacles going down that mountain and through that river. Like uh, there's, there's humans that are probably way more dangerous than any animal that you're going to encounter in those woods. I mean, I'm I very much an East Tennessee vibe where I'm like, <laughs> I know where we're at. My whole thing is I just feel like, ah, you just kind of sit there for a little bit. Something will come along. If not, you can just walk around. You'll find something. That's cool. 
I got drunk my senior year after I graduated with a bunch of guys in the woods that I'd never been to and woke up and they were all like out in the water that I didn't know existed <laughs> and I didn't like that so I just started running on a trail and ended up I ran for like a good mile and a half and then just ended up on a road I recognized and then ran home it's pretty easy I was about by the way, you're not you're not drunk when you do that when you get home. That's a good way to get home. So no you one thinks sweated it up. all out. You're just you just you just ran twelve miles because you're just an eighteen year old athlete who's drunk and nothing can stop them. The body is a fine mechanical specimen. You have to train it. You have to train it. It's like the plants. Speaking of just out in the middle of the woods, running nowhere, that's kind of our guest this week. Yeah, it does. He went up to Alaska. I mean, his story is just, I was jealous the whole time. I was like, yeah, keep doing awesome stuff. (laughs) Yeah. It did. It it makes me nostalgic for my time out at the mountains, out on the farms and stuff like that, where he's like, oh, it's rustic. And when you say rustic, you know, you think of like a nice little cottage and it's like, oh no, you're shitting in a hole for a lot of that. Yeah, that's rustic. Yeah, and it's nice. It's a nice, simplistic way of life. He does mention that was a motivating factor in him getting an actual above board job was like, he's just like, I just wanted to shit indoors. Like, (laughs) I don't know if you catch that. Because he does, he does this other thing like, he talks about a lot of complicated things in a very palatable way that was just so relaxing to me because I was like, oh, good. I don't even have to stop you. You're not trying to nerd out. You understand everyone is dumb and you are very smart. And this has been a problem your whole life. So you're getting like, it was just, it was just I think that was it was great. He was great, and then his stories fast. I was like, I want to talk to him again. He was fun. It just kind of, and then he just gave me this giant, giant fucking jar of stuff. <laughs> it's not like a giant, live but it is resin. like I've showed it to a couple of my friends that love dabs, and it's live resin. And I just show them like, look what this awesome dude gave me. Because because Slee and Mike were like, you take that, and I was like, okay. That's- I mean, it's huge. And that's all I just literally all I've been using it for is to piss off my dab head friends. Where I'm like, look how much I've got. And they're like, you don't even like it. And I'm like, I know, right? Isn't that funny? That's funny. It's funny. <laughs> <laughs> it's so good, too. I know enough to know how good it is. I mean, it is. Yeah. It smells fucking fantastic. But yeah, he's like. I just smell most of it. That's all I do with the dabs. I'm like. Good. I'm gonna hit some flour. I'm gonna go about my day. <laughs> I told you I got in my freezer uh, the smelling salt version. <laughs> Just crack it open in the morning. But no, he does a great job. He breaks down <laughs> the extraction process in such a nice and easy way to help us kind of understand it. Because I'll be honest, you know, I'm definitely I did some extracting back in the day, day, and you know, I hang out with the white label dudes, and I saw when they were starting it off, but like. I'm all about growing. So once these extraction guys start talking, I'm just like, huh? What? Hydrocarbon what? Huh? But this dude fucking explains it perfectly. Yeah. He really, it's, it's truly incredible. Um, 
I don't know what else to say because it's like we kind of hit the main points of what you need to know big time wise but like he's just he's so good at talking is like the dumbest way to say like but that is like he's it was just nice to listen to him too like we didn't even dab or anything before we were just like and he like it was afterwards he's like hey by the way take this and I was like it's just <laughs> for me he's like yeah man cool I was like yeah he was just he was dope he was like someone immediately is like I hope he's our friend I hope he wants to be our friend <laughs> and we made him friends but no yeah, he he's he's very funny He's definitely that third generation of, you know, uh, cannabis people who came out here like five years ago and got into it. So he's very smart, articulate, and wants to take it to the next level and the shit that he starts talking about that they're fucking around with extraction. It's like, well, yeah, you can't do this on the side of a mountain. You need a fucking laboratory to do this. So, you know, I appreciate the people that started this industry, but I also appreciate the people who are pushing it to the next level no that was exciting to hear someone that you're not like while they're talking about like you're gonna get hurt <laughs> like got the, he's like one of the first you know he's where's the first handful of people talking about extract that the whole time i'm not being like man he's gonna blow himself up bad. <laughs> but he i was just like yeah man make it better do science on it do all the science do it yeah, it was awesome. Say his name. Make the make it happen. Ladies and gentlemen, give it up for Michael Schimmel. kitchen through you know the yeah. you know, restaurant work and uh decided to get back into the kitchen and and go pursue a career as a chef were you like no one's ever tried to rob me in the kitchen well that's not entirely true but <laughs> <laughs> yeah i've worked in restaurants too yeah i don't know if so was it. <laughs> yeah i definitely uh yeah lost some like Government issued ID mysteriously out of my bag. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Yes. That's well, that's what my uncle and I were talking about. I have a younger cousin. He's super smart, like crazy smart. Like he wants to go work on a nuclear submarine and stuff. But he just got a job at a restaurant in Houston. Yeah. And me and my uncle were like, "Oh man, he's gonna meet the funnest people he's ever met, and that is not good for a career." No, that's kind of what you know. It was uh, I was a young young cook in in a pretty raucous restaurant, or you know, one of the busiest in town, and bartending across the street, and it was the busiest bar in town, and it was a lot of fun. Yeah, met a lot of cool people, made a lot of lifelong friends. But uh, yeah, I, I did that up until. Uh, Shoot, when did I quit the restaurant business? <laughs> like, uh, somewhere around like 2013, I got out of got out of fine dining for good. Yeah, and, yeah. What was the thing that crushed it? Just being oh, just you know, what you got to give for what you get back, and you know, especially as fucking as, a yeah, yes, 
as a chef, it was just like you give and you give and you give, and you got no no personal life outside of the bar afterwards, and you know you're working twelve hours a day, six days a week, and I don't know. You don't make I'm, that much money. You don't make that much money, and you know unless you own the restaurant, you're doing it for somebody else, and they generally expect that from you. They're like, yeah, well, if you're not going to give it all, find somebody else who will, and. For a lot of for a long time, there's you know young hungry guys out there like myself that are just like yeah I'll eat shit for a living and <laughs> yeah it's like a lifestyle yeah 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 plays into the male ego pretty good too because you're uh, like, I'm sacrificing oh, I'm, I'm really going to do I'm stuff. a working man yeah. Yeah. yeah I put in so many hours and I put out so many dinners and uh, you know I'm the chef. And, I mean, and then you're like, can of... I borrow twenty dollars? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, yeah, I know, I know that. Yes, yeah. exactly. I mean, that kind of even happened with me with growing. Like, uh, I went and worked for six months for free for somebody just to learn how to do it. And I was like, man, I could have done this way differently. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Was that uh, traditional market? I'm guessing or. The the people's market. So the this people's is market. this is the interesting thing. Um, you know, in Oregon, when we were interviewing people, everybody had, you know, uh, different terms where they, you know, up there it's called the black market, but everybody hates that term, so we call that the people's market. All um, right, traditional market is that what? Um, that's kind of the lingo that's that's going around uh, around here. It's, you know, again, the same thing. Nobody likes to say black market, but. Uh, oh. It's traditional. It's what yeah. everybody's done up here forever. Well, not forever. Well, but. black market sounds like you're dealing stinger missiles. Yeah. So there's black like market a, sounds criminal. It, this is yes. Yeah. This here, is we're, here we're trading plants <laughs> yeah. for money. Yeah. 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 I understand. What, yeah. So how did you get into the traditional market? Uh, on a on a whim. Um, really? Yeah. Completely on a whim. Uh, I had been living up in Alaska for a couple of years. And at the end of the summer season, uh, me and an ex-girlfriend decided to convert my van into a camper and drive to California. From Alaska? <laughs> yeah. That's a haul. It's a, it was yes. a haul, but yes. it was, uh, that's one of the best road trips you I could ever could, do. I, you could British ever, Columbia is amazing. Yeah. 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 It was, it was a, one hell of a road trip, and we get down to Humboldt County, and we're running a little low on money. We're hanging out up at Big Lagoon north of Trinidad here. We decided to take a day and go eat some mushrooms in Fern Canyon. We <laughs> get back to the campsite, and one of our neighbors comes wandering over and goes, uh, are you guys looking for work? Weird <laughs> question. <laughs> Not around here. Yeah. Oh, no. I understand that. Oh, yeah. I see what you're saying. I mean, this was this. But we did you here. know that, because did you know that wasn't a weird question? Uh, you know, I had spent some time in in Sonoma and had been up here oh, a okay. couple years. You know, I was I was aware of the atmosphere. You up knew here. where you were yeah. at. I was oh. like, oh, we could just go to Humboldt and you know, wait, we'll find find something. some weed work. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, sure enough, yeah, we ended up on a hill out in uh, you know, eastern Humboldt County and uh, worked there for. I ended up uh, staying there for three years. <laughs> <laughs> what 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 year was this? This was um, 2015. Okay, yeah. so 2015. It was like yeah. 2000, where's, your, where's your girl? Uh, she's gone. She's, she's like, uh, yeah. She's in Utah. Okay. Yeah. Now I've got I got a girlfriend here now. So. Hi, yeah. right, man. You yeah. you're a very likable, attractive man. So well, I did. I wasn't worried about you. I was just curious how long 
you were on that hill for three years when she was like, hey, this isn't what you said we were going to do. <laughs> oh, that kind of, I think that was part of it. Yeah, she stuck it out for a while and uh, then ended up uh, shacking up with a grower down the road. And mm. then, mm. then back to Utah. <laughs> well, yeah, I guess she was trying. She's like, well, he's not growing. Maybe I'll try a grower on the mountain. Yeah. <laughs> she's like, you know what? No, not that either. Nope, no, nope. no matter what, the, the, there is some amount of squalor that you have to be okay with. Yes. <laughs> well, so, and that's the yes. people that we have talked to have had very differing stories about what it's like to be on the mountain. What was this mountain like? You know, I loved it. Um, it, it was rustic. Uh-huh. Yeah, we, it was outhouses and and you know mostly running water <laughs> <laughs> and uh, <laughs> you know it was uh, the cabin. There was a cabin, which was nice. Yeah, but you know between the cabin and the various uh, campers and trailers I lived in over the years, it just kind of got old. And um, the guy that I was working with ended up. He gave me a great opportunity. Uh, we don't have a great relationship right now. <laughs> How did it get to there? Um, what was the opportunity he gave? The opportunity was learning how to grow, learning how to extract. Um, so yeah. you were extracting all on the mountain? Oh, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Um, you know, kind of being led into this humble community that is generally pretty tight. Uh, yeah. And... Um, yeah, I think part of part of my experience in the traditional market out there was was a little bit uh, filtered by the fact that I was an outsider, mm-hmm. and um, you know I didn't grow up running from helicopters and you know doing gorilla grows out in the bush, and uh, I or seeing a pound of weed when you're in middle school, or seeing could... a pound of weed when you're in middle school, and, uh, <laughs> you know when it it ended with me believing I was owed more money and him believing he didn't owe me a dime. <laughs> <laughs> and story as old as uh, time on yeah, the I was mountain. Say, that's a that's a very capitalistic story right there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And uh, you know, I, I ended up going to work with another guy out by Covalo, which was whew, it's a wild west out there. Like, what do you mean? Uh, I mean, it's so far away from anything that you generally only see one or two cars on the road on a given day. No police presence. Um, you know, a few times we had to chase actual poachers off the property that we're living on <laughs> nice yeah who are they poaching deer it's so weird yeah you know <laughs> spend twenty dollars on the fucking tag yep okay so yeah, that's uh, a different podcast but come on yeah so you know i spent my years kind of uh floating around the hills of humboldt and southern Trim- trinity and uh it was getting old, you know, just the the uncertainty mm-hmm. of the next payday and the distance from society. I mean, I think the longest I went without going to town was three months. Cool. And then the longest I went without speaking to another human being was almost a full month. <laughs> yeah. That's kind of awesome. It is kind of awesome, but then it also, like, you know, you, you become self-aware of the fact that you're getting a little squirrely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 So uh, I started looking for jobs in the legal market. Um, you know, by I took, a, I took a job with Bear Extraction House, um, let's see, January of 2019. Yeah. So I've been there for about a year and a half, a little over that. Yeah. And it was right when they were starting up their hydrocarbon extraction program. 
they needed somebody to run the systems that they had in place. Um, and I found a, found a, a job, uh, job ad on uh, LinkedIn. <laughs> yeah. No shit. Yeah. Cannabis on LinkedIn. Cannabis on LinkedIn. That's and, amazing. And I was like, oh, cool. I'll sit an application. You know, at that point, I was kind of applying all over the place. I had some applications back east because you know, that's where my family is. Uh-huh. And uh, they answered the call. I went and interviewed. 24 hours later, I had a job. The next week, I was moving to town. And uh, yeah, the rest is history. We went from having one system in one production room um, a year and a half ago. Now we've got four systems running in three rooms, a full team of extract, ex- extraction technicians and wow. you know, full supporting cast. I mean, we've got, we're, we're like a fully integrated company. So we've got everything from cultivation to distribution. I think the only thing that we don't have under our belt right now is a dispensary. And, yeah. um, you know, we've got multiple brands of uh, concentrates and we do flour and we, we're starting to toy with uh, health and wellness. Nice. Sorry, health and wellness, and uh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's a good mark. Women like to buy, yeah, creams and things like that. Yeah, they, you know, it's men do too, but for other women, things. Yeah. <laughs> but that is dope that that's fully integrated that way. You know, yeah. um, the the thing that I've seen at least, you know, in the Oregon market is a lot of the stores that are a lot of the companies that have made it way past a lot that have shut down is just because they have that integration and they're able to do as many different things as possible. So, yeah, I mean, it's, it's definitely been a lot of hard work, a lot of long hours. I mean, <clears throat> I actually think that my, my, uh, past as a chef and in the restaurant industry mm-hmm. kind of lent itself towards working with a startup company with big goals. And, yeah. you know, being able to put in the time and put in the energy. And it's uh, it's really been pretty great. Like, um, I was a little apprehensive about getting into the legal market and mm-hmm. paying taxes again. And <laughs> tell you what, I got, I got back on the grid and the state of California found me. <laughs> no <laughs> shit. They do that oh, yeah. real yeah, quick. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah like, hey, there he is. Yeah, like, oh, you worked here like six years ago. Remember that? Because <laughs> we do. Yeah, we remember that. Yeah. So, I mean, obviously you wanted to go to the, quote, how do you refer to it? The legal market or? I would, yeah, legal market, you know, the. Uh, modern. Commercial market. I mean, modern market is a good way to put it too, yeah. 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 So you wanted to make that move, so what were kind of some of the trade-offs where like, you know, besides, you know, just being tired of not knowing if you were going to make money after a season or something like that. You know, what was some of the stuff that you were just like, I'm fucking done with this. Being able to just like say, I'm not working today. <laughs> <laughs> I do miss that of being like, eh, I don't really have too much to do. I'm just going to like take it easy today. Yeah. Yeah. No, now I you know, have bosses. And... I was going to say, try that with a boss. They yeah. don't like, you're like, hey, man. Like it's just like, all. Oh, well, you know, we still uh, <laughs> still feel that a little bit. You know, I think it's just a California thing. Hell yeah, it is. <laughs> like, uh, guys, my energy's not in it today. She's like, I'm not passionate as I usually <laughs> am, so I'm going to sit in a chair. Yeah. Yeah. No. But, you know, I, I do, I think the trade-off is, is losing that uh, 
kind of independence over your schedule and being like, yeah, I got a lot of cash here. I'm going to take a vacation for three weeks. Yeah. Um, but otherwise, in, in my experience, I really can't think of anything other than the tax man coming for me that has been negative. I mean, I ended up with a good company and um, been able to do things here in town <clears throat> with an advanced lab with, you know, proper sewage <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and uh, you know, electricians putting things in so we don't have any exposed wires in a room where we're operating with explosive gases and, uh, you know, the, it's, it's very professional. We've really been able to explore a lot of the kind of deep science of cannabis that, yeah. and for, for me and for a lot of the guys on our team, like it's just super exciting. You know, a lot of the research isn't out there and what is the information that is out there isn't, you know, vetted or peer reviewed it's just somebody being like <laughs> I yeah got an idea I, i've thought this one thought yeah valencine will make you um you know love easier it's like, <laughs> uh, everyone wants to love easier i mean yeah but i mean you, there's a I little think that's why most people move to humboldt in the beginning <laughs> i think there's still a lot of that here now i mean it's uh this place is pretty incredible i mean it, it's I kept me couldn't here agree and, more yeah you know, just having, you know, Redwoods and Coast and, you know, I have I have five kayaks now, two of which I built myself. <laughs> that's, that's you awesome. do in the ocean? Yeah. Cool. Yeah. See, that's cool. Yeah. So then, you know, some of the people we've talked to, you know, who spent a lot of time in, you know, the people's market. Yeah. You know, once they made the move to the rec market, they were just like, oh, I got to do it with these regulations i gotta deal with this stuff it seems like you almost are happy to have sewage happy to have actual electricians yeah. doing your stuff i mean for like i come with i think a different perspective than the folks that have really you know i'm five and a half years into it you know going on six years into it and um or into the cannabis business i should say and coming as an outsider coming as somebody who never made that those fat stacks you know, never walked <laughs> off the hill with a shopping bag full of cash you know yeah that was kind of the dream when it started it's like that's what i saw the first year that i that i started working in the cannabis i saw people walking off the hill with 300 grand in a, in a grocery bag and i was like yeah i want that yeah and then the year that i actually kind of settled in full time um the market just crashed i mean it went, we, you know, everybody went from getting 2,500 bucks a pound for their outdoors to getting, if they're lucky, 750, 900. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden that, that percentage on the hill became way less than I was making as a chef. And, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I just kind of like when it came to like, and you're up there shitting in a box, up there shitting in a box <laughs> and you're going like, wait a minute, this, this doesn't add up like it used to add up. Yeah. Shitting in a box, chasing off the bears. And yeah. Um, yeah, you know, it was, it was still an adventure. I like adventures, but you know, when you're living out in the woods like that and just kind of still doing things guerrilla style, you know, listening for helicopters and watching who's coming up the road and there's a little bit of excitement. There's definitely excitement to it, but, um, you know, I came in and was never the guy with the money. I wasn't, you know, 
third generation, third generation grower out here. I hadn't mm -hmm. been doing it my whole life. And so for me to come from something that felt very uncontrolled and uncertain, you know, the, the guys that I worked for would say, well, this is what we do. There's a lot of variability, but they're still walking away with money at the end of the year. Doesn't always work out like that for the little guy. And mm -hmm. so for me to be able to come in here and see, say that like, now I have all these resources at my disposal. Now I've got a group of people that are, are backing me up on the product development and the research that we want to do. And we're, yeah, the, the opportunities for me have expanded since joining the, the modern market, the legal market. And, you know, part of me still misses the fun and, and the casualness of, of working out in the hills. But, um, you know, as somebody who's hitting 36 years old, yeah. Ah, you know, I need a little more security. <laughs> well, it's like, it sounds like it's peace of mind. Yeah. Where it's knowing, like, this this group of people, they're not going to turn on me for no reason. Or if a bear, fu you know, a bear's not going to get in the building and fuck up our shit. You know what I mean? Like, oh, this yeah. is like a thing where it's like, if I'm going to put this, I think it's a wisdom thing as we get older, too. Like, you start going like, okay, well, if I'm going to put my time and money into this thing, I need to know it can take me somewhere or yeah. it's going to take care of me. Yep. Yep. And I think that's kind of part of what uh, drove me to, to stick with it is, you know, I had I'd put, put time in out in the hills and, and really learned a lot and picked up these skills that I even had the thought when I was getting frustrated out there and looking for a new job. I was like, well, I could just go back to the kitchen. Mm -hmm. I, mean, I could go back to being a chef. Like I always got that under my belt. Um, but part of it was that like, no, I'd learned all this cool shit. Yeah. Like I've got this whole new skill set that I can put to use in a market that doesn't yet have, you know, true tried and true expertise. I mean, they're out there. There's a lot of experts. There's a lot of guys that are just, you know, wizards of weed. But at the same time, like everything, all the, all the research is anecdotal. Um, you know, nothing's really been proven yet. Mm -hmm. Everything's so variable because you're working with weed and <laughs> different know, ways that the weed has grown, different ways it's grown, different, you know, you know, different phenos of the same strain. Um, it's, it's pretty cool to be able to work with it. Um, I've had some, you know, some people have expressed desire to, to make things more uniform. And I don't think we're ever going to get there. And I don't think we well, ever the plant try. won't allow it. The plant won't allow it at all. From, from what I've learned about the plant yeah. doing this podcast and smoking it for years, I've been doing that research. And the more I get to know <laughs> the plant itself, it just, if you even just watch the dispensary market, like yeah. every time you walk in, there's nine new strengths. Yep. So there's no way there's going to be a uniform thing. Canada's trying to do it, but the way they're doing it is dumb and it won't work. Yeah. So where they're just like, this is a sativa, this is your middle one, this is your... And that's like... They, that's like, no, that no, works. Stoners aren't going to... People that like weed aren't going to put up with that shit. <laughs> no, no. And that's like, the, that's also the fun part about it is that even though we can you know, develop these cool new products and, and, and work on techniques for... Yeah, I've seen guys out there that are growing thousand gram diamonds, and Whoa. yeah, that's too much. It's too much. I mean, 
We got you know I've, every time. Every I've gotten, time they're like, just gotta push let's it. just put it in fifth and see how fast we can go. <laughs> yep, yep. I mean, we've gotten pretty good uh, over at Bear so far. Uh, our high score on uh, extract product is greater than ninety nine point nine nine percent THCA. Well, that's a lot. Uh-huh. <laughs> and I was a little frustrated they wouldn't get me give me the hundred, but uh, <laughs> would have been like the best grade I've had in my life. Perfect, man. <laughs> they can't do that. Then you'd just quit. You wouldn't do anything yeah, again. Only, yeah, only, only downhill from it. there, man. Yeah, but you know it's you it's still got that one percent. That, that that like one one hundredth of a percent to get better, but. Uh, yeah, no, it's been it's been really cool playing with 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 toys and techniques that weren't available to me out in the traditional market. Mm. Um, you know, part of it from you know distance constraints. I mean, it's pretty suspicious when you're driving a trailer full of dry ice, nitrogen, and butane up a hill. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you're like I'm doing some sick like, stuff with bears. Don't worry about this. Uh, yeah. It's cool. Don't worry. It, bestiality. Just mind your business. Yeah. Yeah, I do yeah. remember at the grow shop I managed uh, when BHO was first becoming big, we used to sell like the little canisters that you'd buy for lighters. There's one guy who would once a week come and pick up an entire pallet of it. Yep. And I was just like, what do your neighbors think? <laughs> <laughs> Never mind it being wasteful, but what do your neighbors think? About oh, yeah. No, I remember those days when we had these little devices that you could take those cans and you crack into the can. Mm-hmm. And it was just this like vice clamp with a really thick gauge needle on it that would just penetrate the side of the uh, butane canister. And it had a hose connected to it so you could fill your, your system with liquid butane. You guys. <laughs> that is so first of all puncturing anything <laughs> that has that much pressure oh yeah that i mean it's it's like a, you're literally being like here we go every time Ugh. that was pretty much it and occasionally you'd 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 miss the the set like there's a special point where you could get as low to it and get all the gas out of it but if you went a little bit too far you wouldn't get a seal, and all of a sudden there's butane spraying all over the room. You got to chuck the can out the door, <laughs> step outside, wait for about forty-five minutes, and then get back to it. Man, <laughs> so when uh, and it's not like the fire department's going. Oh no, you get you're on the side of a fucking mountain. Well, if you could even get cell service, they'd just say good luck. <laughs> <laughs> They're just like, oh, you shouldn't have done that. <laughs> that was when I first was making BHO, and we had the glass tubes. That yep. Were- blasting through bho so what it means uh like so wax you know back then we were calling what's it bh boot. butane hash oil thank you yep. okay. so back in those you know you host this I podcast know, I right know. I okay feel, i feel like i said it <laughs> but so back in those days we were in a greenhouse you know blasting it through the tube and one time one of the canisters kicked out on me and sprayed me in the face basically and i was like okay fuck this i'll go outside and then trying to wait long enough for it to b- dissipate. But at that time, I was a cigarette smoker. So I was like, I think it's good enough by now. <laughs> oh, I've, I've seen guys literally just, you know, pulling the Philly special where they're like hanging out the door. And they, they're like, the, they're, the machine's running over here and they're just like puffing out the window. Oh, <laughs> man. That's, an, that's addiction is what that is. Well, it was raining. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's it's less likely. I mean, I could blow my face up, but I also <laughs> need a cigarette. Could have been the lady at the McKinley Park today. So. That, that is true. 
We did see a lady who had in the in McKinley Park who had quite the chemical burns on her face. <laughs> um, yeah, you'll, you'll see see that occasionally feel, around here in Humboldt. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and you can see, like, there several people walked up to her, other street people were just like giving her. So you could tell that they, even they were like, I don't know what happened, but it wasn't poor good. Girl. That's bad. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, I, I know one year we had a gentleman uh, who, uh, I can't remember who was responsible for picking this guy up off the side of the road, but he came out and after trimming for us, he said, hey, instead of giving me cash, or can you give me a little bit of cash? And the rest can I just take and trim? And we we're like, yeah. Well, what do you What do you to do? He's like, I'm just gonna go buy some butane and go blast some hash out in the woods. <laughs> I was like, what do you mean out in the woods? He's like, oh, you know, like Arcata Community Park. Like, <laughs> you got to be kidding me. That's not the woods. <laughs> I was like, you're not really in the woods at that point. He's like, well, I could walk there. I'm like from where? He's like, forever. <laughs> Did he do it? Yep. Yep. It was cheaper than paying him in cash. Did he go to the state park and... Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I never saw him again. Didn't hear about anybody blowing up over there, so I'm assuming he got it done. Now, that, that's an that's such an interesting part of this, like the blowing up part. Yeah. Is that and a friend of mine, and I will... He's I've since made him realize that he's wrong, but he was like, it's stupid... He's like, how high do you need to be? And I was like, yeah, but here's the thing: is like the reason they're blowing them, themselves up is because it's illegal. Yeah. So they can't do it properly. Yeah. And they can't do research to see how even better to do it and more safe to do it. Yeah. And then you could see he was like, oh, I was like, like you enjoy ketamine. They got to do that in a lab and do all this stuff, and now you use it recreationally. And that's not what it's for, dickhead. Yeah. You know what I mean? So <laughs> it's like it's so that part to me, I was trying to explain to him, I was like, Yeah, there are assholes doing it for pure capitalistic reasons, like you say, and but there's also people like learning the science of it and trying to figure out how to do it better and safer. Yeah. And I think that's part of why you got off the hill too, is like I wanna go somewhere where I won't blow up. That has, yeah. I mean, just the safety aspects, um, of working in in the legal market now, um, they're not they're, they're incredibly comfort, comforting. You know, we've, we're working in um, explosion proof rooms with in very intense ventilation systems with uh, butane sensors all over the floor. So that way, if the the atmosphere, you know, there are points when you're opening up the system and you do off gas into the room there, but. We've got systems where if it reads a certain percentage of butane in the atmosphere, it kicks the fans on, sucks it all out of the room. Um, cool. Yeah, I mean, it's it's pretty awesome. And, and you know, we're working with some pretty sophisticated equipment. We've got, you know, rather than hauling, you know, either totes of dry ice or big doers of liquid CO2 up a mountain somewhere, we've got liquid CO2 plumbed into the walls. We've got nitrogen plumbed into the walls. We've got... You know, everything is is redesigned and re-engineered to be to meet these standards of safety and and professionalism and certification and mm-hmm. shoot out in the hills. I remember one of our early earlier systems ended up collapsing on itself from the, <laughs> from the pressure in the jacket. Uh, you know, there was no pressure regulation, 
and the the jacket around one of the material columns got so pressurized that it 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 crushed the inner column like a submarine at depth and the lid goes popping off the system. Yeah, I'm I, sure it's, it's not violent. A, at no, all. <laughs> not a violent. Just geyser of liquid butane and hash, and Jesus. Know. Oh yeah. So and then just, everybody's like, "Oh God." Yep. yep. And then, but now you know, now we're working with systems that that don't that you know have to meet certain specifications before they can be sold to anybody. Before we can install them, we have to get them uh, inspected, certified, signed off, and. Yeah, it's not like we're jumping through incredible hoops, and it's not you know that the safety measures are prohibitive in any way towards production. It's just what needs to be done. It, what, yeah, it's what needs to be done. It's it's a much more comfortable working environment. Yeah, yeah. but there are people still on heels. Oh yeah, like the old school way that you were doing. Yeah, I mean, there you know, Humboldt County recently made it a lot more difficult to acquire the the resources for extraction. You know, you can't buy butane around here without an extraction license. Really? Yeah. Interesting. Because you could still get butane pretty easily up in Oregon. That's where a lot of... You mean bulk Bulk. Butane. Bulk butane. You know, yeah. you can... Yeah, you can... And even even the, uh, the little head shops around here, those little half-pound or one-pound uh, lighter canisters of butane those torch things yeah, yeah you're only allowed to buy one of those every month <laughs> from any given store so if you want to get yourself a bunch you got to go to 10 different stores yeah hustle yeah but you know now all that stuff's very regulated um or it's you a, just get an e-nail is what they'll say too like hey if you're smoking that much just get an e-nail well you i mean know, these are yeah this is to prevent now. people from using it in in extraction no that's yeah. what i'm saying but yeah. that's I'm just saying that's that that would be like no what you're doing you're like well if I love dabs though like, <laughs> you gotta love dabs motherfucker if you love them that much then get an email that's what I'm saying oh I remember the first time uh, what my my folks came out to visit a few years ago and we were having Thanksgiving with some some of my friends or family around here and uh, everybody yeah you know, broke out the uh, the dab rig. And my mom's looking at it. She's like, so what the hell is that? And why are they using a blowtorch? <laughs> yeah. First time I saw it, I was in Denver. I was doing a comedy show. It was on 420. And they were like, do you want to do a dab? And I was like, yeah. I was like, because I have a high tolerance. You yeah. know, when you smoke all day, there's like, I just can't. I'm not. There's nothing. I can't get any higher. So, And they're like, do a dab. And then he pulled out the. Yeah. And then I hit it. And then you start sweating a little bit. And I was like, and I really said, I was like, oh, that was a good, you guys got me to smoke crack. That's a good, <laughs> I knew, I, I never thought I'd smoke crack, but you guys did it. And, and then I got really stoned. Yeah. But it was like, and then I did another one because I was like, that was kind of fun. Yeah. But it was like, why is there a blowtorch involved in weed? And then I did it and I was like, oh, I don't oh, even yeah. figure this out, but good job. Well, and it's definitely evolved a lot since then where now everybody's got timers and, yeah. and you know, temperature probes and it's all the perfect temperature dab and enough to burn it without scorching it. And then the PAX pens where you can use an app to actually set it up to burn off at the correct temperature for each terpene that's in the product. Too. Yeah, <laughs> that is cool. I have, I have that. I have that. That is awesome. It's awesome. It's yeah. science. You're using science to get high. Yeah. To medicate. Yeah. What What would you say is, because I'm sure you guys make a whole, 
batch of different types of extracts at your place. Um, what would be your favorite for your own consumption? Um, I smoke a lot of live resin. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's what I've been making for a number of years now, and I like it because it's got... You know, I still smoke the hell out of flour. Yeah, yeah. I mean, everybody still loves flour. Flour's my favorite. It's the best. Yeah. yeah. Everybody still loves it. But I like live resin because... Um, I don't know, the way I, uh, the, the kind of almost a spiel that I've come up with uh, for discussing it with, with marketing and other people in the business or people that we're trying to, to educate about <laughs> cannabis is that live resin, fresh frozen extract is like, it's like if you could walk into a field the day before it's supposed to be harvested on a hot day and everything's just stinking and sticky and then freeze that moment. And then smoke that. I mean, you know, as users, you know, you guys can, you know, have, I'm sure you've recognized the, the difference from walking into a field that is still on the plant, still live. You know, you get all these super rich terpene profiles. And then when you, when you cut it and hang it and dry it, a lot of those terpenes are just naturally cooking off. And, you know, the whole profile of it changes. You know, the effect is still pretty much the same, but it's like, the the full spectrum fresh flavor of like like when I'm when I've been growing it's like yeah this smells awesome I want to smoke this right now and you can with live resin you know you 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 capture that moment you extract those terpenes as they exist right then you know they don't get time to degrade and when you're operating in super cryogenic temperatures you're not damaging them you're really just pulling things out um, and you're getting the, 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 you're getting the elements as they were when they were living on the plant. And then now we get, now once you do the extraction, you know, we started out just making live resin. That's all we made. We would, you know, we would make our extract, we'd pour it out of the system, we'd let it cure, let the, the THCA and the diamonds form and crash out, and then we'd mix it all up into sauce. Yeah. There you go. And then we started saying, well, you know, there's a lot of components to this. So let's start separating the terpenes. Let's start separating the diamonds. Let's start, you know, we keep them together. We don't, we stay away from mixing and matching. Mm -hmm. I mean. Some of the companies who will pull off different terpenes and then add them back. and Or use terpenes that aren't even cannabis derived. Yeah. No, and stop that. Oh, yeah. That's a, that's, a, that's a real thing for sure. The vape pens that smell like cotton candy, that's what they're trying to do with candy. Or, yeah, like, and, like, these, the terpenes. They do a, that with grapes. Yep. I bought some grapes the other day, and it said cotton, cotton candy on it. And I thought it was the brand or whatever. Yeah. And then I was eating it, and I was like, this shit tastes like fucking cotton. <laughs> that, that's a little disturbing. It was disturbing. Where'd you buy I, those grapes? Trader Joe's. Fuck. That makes sense. I don't know why that you said it like that. <laughs> you know some shit about Trader Joe's or some Trader Joe's tends to have some good stuff. Yeah, I was going to say, I was like, I was like I'm going to fight you right Cotton now. candy grapes, Wait. I don't know about that, though. Uh, yeah, I, well, they had gummy ones that taste like gummy. Because the next time I went, I was like, is that... And I ate a couple, and yeah. I was like, and I threw, I threw them out because I was like, I don't like that. That's, yeah. That's doing weird things. I'm like, grapes are already good. Yeah. <laughs> that's why I bought grapes. I... I was it like more difficult to find the regular grapes than it was these other ones? No. 
All they right. were just next to them. And right. I thought it was a different brand. So you know how you just like, oh, yeah. what those taste like. And you're like, oh, those don't taste like grapes. They taste like <laughs> fucking candy. That's bizarre. Yeah. Before but, we get too far away from it, could you explain to everybody what live resin is? Yeah. So yes. And Billy. And Billy, too. Explain <laughs> to him. So live resin um, is a extract of live cannabis flower. Um, so obviously it's not alive when we extract it, but it's frozen alive and it's flash frozen. That's, um, a hundred percent. you know, now I hope it's not a trade secret at this point, but if you don't flash freeze your harvest, you're damaging it before you even start extracting it. And what do you mean flash freeze? As fast as possible. So yeah. you cut it, cut it, freeze it. And like cut it talking, right into the freezer. Cut it and not even well, not even right into the freezer. You go right into a freezer. It's going to take too long to freeze. And so on, like a molecular level, you start building these ice crystals inside of the plant structure. And so the cell walls and the plant itself gets degraded in the freezing process. I mean, we're talking flash freeze. We're we're talking like time cop. Like yeah, you know, the guy sticks his arm in the liquid nitrogen and. And uh, we're like as as fast as you can. If you're not, if your crop isn't frozen within 20 minutes of cut of getting cut off the branch, you're already behind the game. Cool. Yeah. And like uh, you're really cap. Like I said, just you're capturing that moment of freshest weed you can possibly get. Yeah, I did not know that. I'm oh yeah. Very excited. And you brought us some. I'm so excited. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, yeah, yeah. And so you know, um, and at from that point, you keep that frozen all the way through when we extract we keep our solvent at extremely low temperatures um you know if you don't insulate the hardware on your system and you touch it with your bare skin you will get burned from the cold yeah um you know it's all done cryogenically and then there you know there is a a certain formula to when it's ready to pour out of the system and you pour it out, collect it as a very liquid substance, and uh, you want to control the atmospheric pressure and the temperature at that point. And pressure and temperature kind of drive the formation of THCA. And as the solvent evaporates out of the solution, the THCA bonds together. It starts building these crystal lattices, and that's how you build these thca diamonds you know that's the the little pearls in the bottom of the Mm -hmm. the live resin there um so you you build this (laughs) i'm like giddy right now (laughs) (laughs) so you let the the thca crash out and there's a you could go the the, traditionally we would go kind of a long-term process where we would pour this stuff out seal it up in its container occasionally vent it out to relieve the pressure a little bit and this stuff would sit for months, two months. And you let all that THC precipitate out. And then you're left with two fractions at that point. You've got your THCA, the crystals, and you know some of it can be like an applesauce consistency. Some of it can be more robust diamond structures. And you've got your THCA and your terpene fraction, the uh, commonly referred to as HTE or high terpene extract. Mm-hmm. And that terpene extract is still very high in THCA. Hell yeah. I mean, that stuff is that usually sauce. like, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's either can be it, the sauce, 
is kind of what you make when you hit that, that sandy applesauce kind of structure to the THCA and you blend it with the terpenes. And mm -hmm. so you get that super drippy, super flavorful sauce. Um, you know, the diamonds are really cool and they're extremely potent. You know, that's when you're approaching that 99% potency. But um, without the terpenes, it's just a flash in the pan. I don't know if you guys have ever seen uh, or familiar with isolate. Yeah. Yeah. So you just smoke some isolate, you get super high for about five minutes. Yeah. And then you're like, all right, that was cool. I was really high, but it's over. <laughs> yeah. You mix that isolate with its accompanying terpenes, and all of a sudden you're, you know, that's when you really get the feel for the plant, the, the specific strain. That's when you get the flavor and the effect. And, um, yeah, so live resin is just, it's a very, very fresh full spectrum, high potency extract. Um, you know, we purge out the solvent to well, well, well below legal standards. I mean, in California, it's 5,000 parts per million, yeah. which is a little Insane. outrageous. Yeah. I can't believe that. But, yeah. uh, no, we, I mean, when we release a product, we're rarely, rarely over 200 parts per million. Okay. Yeah. And ideally below that. I mean, I most of us means, but I said, okay, <laughs> I, trust, I trust you. Yeah. You, you don't want, you don't want to have high levels of butane in your extract. So no, I don't. butane, we use it to extract. It's, it's a, uh, effective solvent. You know, there's a lot of debate in the, in the industry right now as to the best solvent. Um, and it depends on, I think what kind of product you're going for is how you choose your solvent. Um, and some of them are easier to purge out than others. Uh, you know, we stick with butane because it purges out easily. It gets the job done. It targets the compounds that we are interested in extracting. And it, yeah, it, it, I think the purging is essential for us. Cause like when you're using other things like pentane, it sticks with the extractions a lot longer. Mm -hmm. Um, ethanol, if you don't have the right equipment, it, that can, that can linger in your extractions as well. Um, you know, if you're not going straight to distillate, ethanol can be a, a tricky one to work with. Um, yeah. And distillate is good when you've got real garbage material to work with. <laughs> but it's also something that, personally, I'm not a huge fan of. Um, it always I, ha it I leaves don't like, like distillate It, it leaves all. like a gritty taste in the back of your throat. Oh, and gosh. that's where... Um, that's actually where, like, I, when, when I talk about the, uh, at Bear Extraction House, we make liquid live resin. So mm -hmm. it's a cartridge formula that is distillate-free. Yeah. Yeah. We've just come up with a way to liquefy and stabilize live resin without exposing it to outrageous levels of heat, um, without burning the terpenes, and without, you know, giving you that, that gnarly, gritty flavor and, and harshness in the back of your throat, like when you're smoking distillate. Yeah. Um, and that's one of the cool things we've been able to do. It's like a uh, few, few months back, maybe almost a year ago now, somebody said, Hey, can you put live resin into a cartridge? And we were like, well, not as it exists, like as a live resin, as a sauce and diamonds, <laughs> like that's, that's not going to work. So we put some thought into it and, and came up with a process to liquefy live resin. And so now our, you know, we like to say that we stand out from a lot of other cartridges on the market as 
we don't use distillate. We don't mix and match terpenes. Um, we're not using anything other than cannabis-derived terpenes. And when it comes to the strains that we release as liquid live resin, we're taking that extraction from harvest all the way through to the end. We're, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's single source, which for us is very important. Um, yeah. You know, there's been a lot of big buzz about turning you know, garbage into gold in the cannabis industry. <laughs> mm-hmm. And golden extracts. <laughs> I mean, yeah, you trash into cash, garbage into gold, you know, however you want to say it, you're still using trash and you're still using garbage. Yeah. Yeah, but, you shouldn't smoke trash. No. Yeah. But with, with live resin and with liquid live resin and and fresh frozen extracts in general, you know that it's gotta start with quality material. It's gotta start with a quality source and yeah, we we are lucky, and we're here in Humboldt. And the guys that I work for, the guys that started Bear Extraction House, are you know third generation growers out here. They they've lived the life, they've done it, they've put their dues in, and they've really came together. They and know what they want and what they don't want. They know what they want. They know what they don't want. They know how to do it right. And um, it's really paid off for us as a company that that kind of mentality trickles down and. So everybody there has this idea that we're just here for producing quality. You know? Yeah. We, of course, make efforts to <laughs> increase the quantity. Uh, you know? <laughs> but That's always nice. That's always nice, but we still are, are very batch-oriented, and, mm-hmm. and we, we like to you know, maintain relationships with farmers that are putting out either the new strains or they're just what they do, they do it so well that when you get this product in and you know, we notice it when, when our production assistants are, are processing the flour, the fresh frozen to be put into the systems, they're grinding it up, they're packing it into these material socks that go into the columns. And, um, you know, depending on the strain, you can pull your, pull your truck into the parking lot and be like, Oh, we're, we're doing forbidden fruit today. <laughs> That's awesome. I love forbidden fruit. Uh, I, mean, I, knew he, I knew you were about to say I love that. It. Every we, time that string comes up, you're like, I love forbidden fruit. We were growing uh, Guru, okay. which is uh, forbidden fruit times petrol OG. Nice. So it was you know, a nice, like, you know, fruity forbidden fruit, but then had a nice little kind of stony OG to it. A little gassiness to it. Know. Yeah, I find that there's, like, when it comes to... The connoisseurs, it's either you like that fruitiness, that citrus kind of mm-hmm. lean, or you want gassy. You, know, you want that stuff that just smells like diesel or <laughs> you know, like a Durban poison that smells like house cleaner. <laughs> yeah, I'm the citrusy. Yeah, but I don't, the diesel's never done it for me. I'm always like, that smells like gas. You know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Some of them, some of them are right. I do, I do really like Durban Poison. Um, I like how it gets you real high. I like that part of it. Well, the one one cool thing that we've learned about Durban Poison is that it tends to be high in a compound called THCV, uh-huh. which is now in in you know recent exploration into that cannabinoid. It's proving that it does a lot of things counter to what THC is 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 thought of as doing. You know, THCV is often an appetite suppressant and a energy enhancer. That's Ooh. why I like that shit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not a knockdown drag out kind of weed and, and it's not going to like, you know, put you on the couch eating a bowl of popcorn, yep. but you know, you smoke some Durban poison, go on with your day. <laughs> <laughs> does Jack Herrera, does that have a lot of THCV in it? 
Um, I've recently I've been seeing it. Um, you know, we haven't had these analysis at our hands for a long time. Um, yeah. and so as we've been looking into it, yeah, Jack tends to have it. Uh, Durban I can get poison. Some shit done when I smoke some. <laughs> yeah. And like both of those are flavors that either you kind of like, you kind of love them or you hate them. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. Jack yeah. is some, I've, it was like one of the first strains where I was like, what is this? Yeah. Yeah. And then when I found out it's going to be around for a long time, I was like, thank God. <laughs> yeah. There are some strains that have come and gone. And like, you know, I remember, at, yeah, as a kid growing up in New Jersey, we didn't have access to a lot of high quality strains. Like, oh, yeah. I know. Yeah. <laughs> as a, as someone that's been to New Jersey lately, they still don't. <laughs> I, I believe it. <laughs> I believe it. It's just the, I think they have more, but the access is still real. The access limited. is. Yeah. 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 I remember the first time when I saw something like White Widow, and we were like, uh-huh. "This this weed looks like it's rotten. What's all that white <laughs> shit?" <laughs> I was just talking to somebody about that. That was like one of the actual strain names that I got when I was younger was, oh, this is White Widow. And it's like, oh, they have names? I thought it was just weed. Yeah. <laughs> I thought people were just making it up when I heard it. I was like, man, these idiots. Because there's like people that really into rap music and shit that I was smoking with. And I was like, they're just dummies. <laughs> <laughs> this weed is great, but they're calling it like, Alaskan Thunder. You just like stay, you know, <laughs> all of you here. But my uncle used to do that, but I'm pretty sure he was making the names up. You know, there there is that. Yeah, that does happen every now and again. And like that's how it all I mean that's they're all made up, but uh yeah. But his were <laughs> like stupid. I mean they weren't they were funny, but <laughs> So he wasn't even growing it. He was just like just making it up when he got a bag. I think so. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah. Back, he still says names of strains. Sometimes I'm like, I don't think that's a real strain. I yeah. Don't. Back in the day when we would have people visit from the East Coast, they'd come out and look at weed and then be like, Ah, actually, I don't want this. I'm gonna take this other thing. And then like two weeks later, when they come back out to look at weed again, you just rename it, and they're like, Oh yeah, that looks great. I'll take that. Uh, or my favorite is the uh, the new turkey bag trick. Yeah. <laughs> Wait. You present some pounds in the turkey bag that the trimmer was using. People are like, nah, dude, that looks like trash. It's yeah, all I don't want that. Then you go and put it into a brand new turkey bag, bring them the same pound. And they're like, that's what I'm talking about. That looks good. <laughs> that looks real good. <laughs> oh, man, that's so funny. <laughs> yeah. So um, where do you think the future is headed? I know we talked about live resin, and I'm very excited. And, lot, and Humboldt was the first place I ever heard of live resin it was after a show i was just this kind of crunchy kid that was just in the back after the show at this weird venue and i was smoking a joint yeah and he's like hit this shit dude and i was like i'm old enough not to just what is it (laughs) and because it could not be you know just like it was fucking opium and you're like ah it's gonna ruin two days um but he's like it's live resin and i was like I was like, I just started laughing because it's something I'd never heard of, yeah. and I was in Humboldt, and I was like, "What is that?" And he's like, he tried to explain it, but I it was real clear he had gotten it. He didn't do it. Yeah, yeah. Because he didn't. What he said made no sense, and I was like, "Okay, I'll try it." And it tasted amazing, and it was the first thing to give me like a super head change. Yeah. Oh, that that's. I mean, it definitely there. does. Like, yeah. Yeah. I was like, I was very thankful for that stranger. 
after yeah. that. I was like, man, thanks. I was like being a little weird. <laughs> and then after that, I was like, hey, yeah, we're hey. the bay. Yeah. Let's go get some food. <laughs> I'm like, you're cool, man. Yeah, I didn't know at first what you wanted, but we are friends now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But with the, when it comes to like where, what the future of, of weed is, I, you know, I think we're going to see a lot of different trends come and go. Um, the new one on the market is, aside from distillate, you know, people are doing, they're getting heavy into color remediation and using bleaching clays and various chemical compounds to enhance the color of their extracts. Um, and it's almost always just a color thing. Um, <laughs> you know, people, you know, they, they, you know, if you look at, at a, a jar of live resin next to a jar of live resin that had been remediated, almost always somebody's going to choose the remediated one because it's two shades lighter. Yeah. And, um, you know, again, like, it comes to manipulating the plant. You know, weed is great. Weed is Already awesome. Cool. Yep. Um, and when you get real heavy into remediation, you start kind of, um, uh, I don't know if you're, you're, I don't think you're really, you're, you're over manipulating things. Mm. And, um, you know, I think there is space for it. And there is, there are times when it's beneficial. Um, you know, if you, if you're, yeah, there are times when it's beneficial and I've, you know, can't say that I haven't done it before. Um, <laughs> but we don't, you know, we're not going to remediate something and call it something else. You know, yeah. it, usually if we have to remediate something, um, it goes out as a, as a, you know, kind of m- more, I guess, value kind of product. You know, we yeah. don't remediate and then charge top dollar for it. Yeah. We know that it was a somewhat undesirable product before we even dealt with it. Um, so it's, it's tricky. I think the remediation is, is going to become very big. Um, it already kind of is on its way and people love shiny stuff. They love shiny stuff. And, and I mean, I remember, uh, months and months ago, uh, one of the higher ups of the company came to us and said, Hey, can you make clear shatter? (laughs) And we did. It was completely flavorless. It did not go over well. Um, you know, we did it. We tried it. We put it out there, and it wasn't well received. And now I'm seeing that kind of come back, and there's a few companies out there that are releasing these super translucent shatter. And, you know, as an extractor just looking at it, like, I know what that had to go through to get to that point. <laughs> yeah. It wasn't easy. <laughs> and um, not that remediation is unsafe when it's done properly. You know, all of the, the chemical elements that are used in it uh, are sequestered from the rest of the, the extraction. But, um, you know, it's just a way to put shiny, nice-looking things out on the market. And again, it's, it's kind of toe in the line of, are you really using quality material if you have to do this to it? And so we'll see that come through. Um, I think live resin and I think uh, flour is always going to be strong. You know, cost. It's awesome. Yeah, it's just the best. Um, cartridges are, are still a big market, and I think they will be for a long time. It's, it's ease very user-friendly. Ease of use, you know. You can you could walk around. For and, the casual. For the casual smoker. That's, that's going to be most of the market. Yeah, I mean, yeah. or like, you know, like my folks. Um, yep, yep. 
Yeah, they. <laughs> it's been it's been an odd turnaround with them. Uh, yeah, I got kicked out of high school for smoking weed, and now they're hitting me up for cartridges every couple of weeks. <laughs> <laughs> they were not happy when I was smoking weed as a teenager, but yeah. they are pretty happy that I do what I do now. <laughs> I can get behind them not being happy with you smoking enough to get kicked out of high school. <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah. As a 36-year-old man be like, I can see their point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because that's what, I mean, I'm doing a, I have an 11-year-old and, and a one-and-a-half-year-old, and my thing is that I'm going to be honest with him about it and be like, you should wait till college for sure because it does make you cool with being... Uh, content. Yeah. And you don't need that until you're more developed. Yeah. You need to be trying new shit. And I don't think high school kids should be doing... Uh, uh, for sure, I mean, I'm not saying they should drink either because that's just... Yeah. But I'm just saying... I guess what I'm saying is like, stay sober in high school, motherfuckers. <laughs> but that's not going to happen. But I do believe that Wait till you're 18, 19 to start fucking with stuff just because you don't know shit yet. Does yeah. that make sense? That makes yeah, that makes absolute sense. Weird and, and, at the end yeah. of this no, right, no, but. no, no. And I, I actually, I, I agree with you. you know? Yeah, I, I did start smoking weed at a young age, and uh, me too. Yeah, and you know, obviously, it impacted some of the future decisions that I had in life, getting kicked out of school and, man, but look at me now. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, anyway, yeah. yeah. That's, that's... But, you know, it, it definitely impacted some decisions that I, you know, it was choices that I never got to make because of getting kicked out of school. And, you know, perhaps there was, yeah, this, this idea of being like, you know what, it's, it's okay when I, you know, certain things becoming okay when you're a young age, like, you know, 15 years old, buying a dime bag from some guy named C under a railroad bridge in Orange, New Jersey. <laughs> like, yeah, that's that not just, that cool. Well, it also <laughs> sounds like, like how you become a sophomore in a New Jersey high school. is like, <laughs> did you pass all your classes? Did you go buy that dime bag? <laughs> all right, now you're a sophomore. <laughs> I love making fun of I love it. Yeah. It's, it's a great place to be from. Right? It's like he's someone that I want to talk to again. Without a doubt. I think everybody we've talked to, I kind of want to talk to again. I just want to hang out with every guest from this season and just like hang out. Yeah, there was a good hang vibe. Yeah. Which we kind of missed out on. I think there was a good hang vibe in Eugene, but we missed out on it because we. We didn't do the hang thing, and so much of it had to do the thing. The know? other thing. Yeah, the first thing. Not the second thing, but the third thing. Yeah. But yeah, it's a great, it's a great <laughs> group of people. <laughs> what? Did you hit? Did you hit something when you got up? I don't know, Between man. Between doing the intro 
and where we are in this outro. You, we took a little, we took like a pee break, but I didn't think it was long enough to make your head that different. Oh, it's just always different. It's just always. It's not always. It's not that different. <laughs> the last time it was that different was when Isaiah was there with his baseball bat, <laughs> and he, you guys were smoking Louisville Sluggers, <sighs> knocking motherfuckers out. But I'm yeah, out there. I miss those. I miss those. We did. We just got down the ice cream cake. Just came back from testing. The OCT just got back from testing, and I'm so excited for that. That What's one. OCT? Is that the one that you that's, said smells that's like the a, Le Schwab one? It smells like a the auto parts store. Yeah, the rubber, the fresh new tire one. But it's great. But there's I, not. It's so good. It's insane how good it is. But then that one came out of nowhere, and that tested out at like 29% too, so it's just insane. But there's not much of it, so of course it's only going to the homies, like Next Level, the Herbal Connection, Sweet Tree. But like it's like a weird thing where I'm like, oh, I'm going to go into a store and buy an ounce of that for myself because that weed was so fucking good. I'm going to pay state taxes to smoke my own weed because I'm excited. You have to. That's so weird. You have to do that for for an ounce. For if you want a good amount of it to keep it going, you know. Of course, next level and herbal connection are a great shop to go to, and I get to check out all the other great, you know, flower companies here in the state. But oh yeah, I'll pay. I'll pay money for my own flower. Just did White Label make that stuff from your stuff? Yet? Oh, th- not yet, but they will. When they do. Could you buy some and leave it aside for me for when I come to Oregon? (laughs) Just leave it aside there. And then when I come, I will will have... Because it will disappear. I know it will. It goes quick. So That's why I'm saying it on the podcast. Because I want everybody to be like, Mike, did you get those dabs for Billy? What dabs, Drake? You heard it was on the podcast. <laughs> well, especially the white label stuff, too. It goes quick. But don't worry. We'll get you. Yeah. Good. We'll save it. Because now I, we did. We met the Bear Extracts, and we met Humble Marijuana Company. You saw their... I, I'm not a... I'm not... I wasn't ever anti-dab. I was just like special occasions. Mm-hmm. But now I can see the... Uh, I can see the... The practicality in it more oh and yeah. then that also tastes good and then sometimes you're just like i just need to hit this pin full of fucking <laughs> tastes like lemonade and then it sets your head just like in the right little twist where you're not like i can't walk you're just like hey everything's sunny did the <laughs> did the clouds go away let's go everything feels let's go have a day my, my brain feels light and itchy all at the same time <laughs> Do you guys want to get some stuff done? Let's get some stuff done in a good mood. Daddy's dabbing. Let's do some stuff. I'm fully awake now. Um, we'll just throw it. Let's throw it at. Let's tell them. Patreon drops on Monday. We're doing so it. Tuesday. 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 Shit. Yes. Slee is saying one, one word. September first. September first. September 1st is a Tuesday because that makes the most sense. Because Slee's favorite month is September. He's very uh, that's, partial That's not to why. That, no, that has no, nothing no, to do with it. it. Okay. I, we don't want that out there. Um, but we do want the Patreon out there. We will let you know. I sent another email to Twitter 
Um, I don't know what's going on with that. They just keep saying, they just keep replying, being like, "Yeah, it's suspended. We're gonna get back to you." I'm like, "Okay." Um, but our Instagram, Grown Local Pod, uh, and then our Patreon, the levels are dope. I'm very excited for it. I'm excited. So to we'll get just that let clock. you see it and let you make your decisions on which which level you wanna wanna get at. Uh, you can find all of us on our Instagram at Grown Local Pod, and then you can find us individually on that that site. So just go to Grown Local Pod, and we're all there. If you want to get a hold of us, also Grown Local Pod at Gmail. If you need to holler at us, and we like to hear from you. I, uh, I we, swear you to can God. ask people. We do email people back. We, we really will do, do that, great. and we might do another now, mailbag episode. Yes. We might have to. <laughs> we might have to do that. Uh, and then, but Mike's gonna get less in detail with the emails because of the Patreon. So, so yeah, get it in while you can. I mean, this is a. This is. Well, we gave the first for free for a little while, and then now you gotta pay. You the know first I mean? taste. I don't think weed works like that. We're no. just that's how. No, not close. Done. That's crack. <laughs> so, but goddamn, thanks for listening. This was a good episode. We loved it, and we love you guys. Good, go to the Patreon. It'll be worth it. We get we. I think it's appropriate levels. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Like, there's a basic good level, and then there's like a hey, this one is good. This one's great for what you're getting, and then there's like the the best deal of all time the greatest deal that i made myself pay for just to enjoy it myself i don't think you should we gotta explain to you how this works we gotta explain you just you just gave me and slee half like a third of that i just want to hang man (laughs) okay we're already hanging man you guys thanks for listening grow your own grow your own